Hey everybody, welcome to the Under Construction Podcast. Thanks for joining us today as I talk to my guests about what it means to grow their career and how they define success. This is an experiment in helping us all to understand that while we may share things in common, we also have a lot of differences when it comes to both our careers and our definitions of success. Enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Under Construction Podcast. Today my guest is Jeff Kelly. Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing very well, thank you. So for folks who may not know you, Jeff, uh, what's your role and which company do you belong to? I belong to KRS, Keeley Restoration Services, and I am the president of KRS. One of the newest of the Keeley companies, Keeley Restoration is, uh, could you give everybody just a, you know, an elevator pitch for what is Keeley Restoration Services? Well, I'll tell you that we fix concrete. That's probably as simple as it can be. Any type of concrete, concrete structure that deteriorates, we really come on and uh, fix it, and then we want to protect it. So whatever the cause was is minimized and doesn't happen again or not for several years down the road. I love it. Um when you look at the, the markets that you are all in, uh, could you give folks just an idea of the size uh, of what Keeley Restoration is shooting for when it comes to its growth? I would say right now our main objective is to build a good foundation and a solid restoration company here in St. Louis, make that the model for other locations. And we'd really want to expand into geographics that are in the Rust Belt, something from St. Louis, Kansas City, Chicago, some area where there's a fair amount of salt that creates corrosion for the concrete, which keeps us in business. So down the road, we would like to have half a dozen, dozen offices doing this type of work. I love that. It's uh, obviously a needed service as infrastructure continues to age. Um, what helped you to decide to come over into the Keeley Company's family of companies? Well, I spent 32 years in the industry working with another restoration waterproofing company. So that's really all I know is the concrete masonry and waterproofing and something that I felt I'm good at. And after taking a break for a few years, I talked to Rusty and Tom and they were excited about the restoration business. They felt it would complement the existing Keeley companies. And after looking into the Keeley companies, I felt the same. And you know, you can only be retired for so long after a few years you think you're going to play golf, but all your buddies are at work. So it made sense to go back to work. And I love it. Keeley's a great company. And really, the synergy of all the companies and what they have to offer was really something unique and different from where I'd been. That's exciting. Um, it is funny, right? Uh, retirement always sounds good until you're in the middle of it. <laughs> exactly. So when you look at uh, the Keeley companies, uh your, your experience to date, right? You're coming up on what, just roughly four months, right? As part of the company. Um, what one word would you use to describe uh, the Keeley companies? Diversity. I love it. Can you expand a little bit on that? I think for us, uh, our biggest challenge right now is that everybody knows Keeley in St. Louis. Keeley has a great name, great brand, but Keeley Restoration people do not know of yet. And a lot of our leads right now are coming from 
other diverse businesses where maybe in the past, if there was some restoration work with the civil group or industrial group or building group, they just moved on and didn't look at it because it wasn't part of their their scope of work or the type of work they do. And now that they know they have a restoration sister company, if you will, they're passing those leads on to us and it's been very helpful. So that diversity has really helped our business. That's uh, exciting. It uh, goes hand in hand, right? That, that concept of cross-selling and being a turnkey solution. That's uh, exciting. You had mentioned, Jeff, that you'd been in concrete for the better part of your career. Uh, could you share just a little bit of how you chose to get into this industry? Well, that's kind of a funny story, but I went to school at the University of Nebraska, and in the construction engineering department, they had a well, uh, sign up on the wall looking for Western waterproofing was looking for a project manager estimator. And I looked at that and I said, well, I don't want to go work for a waterproofer. I'm getting a degree in construction and uh, I don't want to put that black goop on a wall. And that's what I thought the company did. And a friend of mine got a job there. Then he sent information to me and says, oh, no, it's different. It's a restoration company. And here's what restoration companies do. And once I looked into it, it was was a kind of a unique concept as far as something different to do that I really didn't think about in college. And, and you, if you like to do different things every day and you like to problem solve, it's a great industry because you could be in a grain elevator, football stadium, you could be in a sewer, you could be doing a presentation or sitting in the office doing paperwork. So there's a variety of things to do, but in the restoration world, you're always trying to tear something apart and put it back together. And so that challenge of problem solving is there and that makes it fun and exciting that's cool yeah and and while it stays built right you can't just tear it all down and restart you actually have to keep the existing underlying structure intact so even more of a challenge that makes it a little more difficult because we're always working around the customers and, and generally the biggest focus is parking garages so you have cars and customers and so that brings a, a safety challenge that you have to be really good at and take into consideration on every project. It's an incredible business. Uh, it's cool that you guys are now part of the Keeley Company's families. Um, obviously, and you mentioned the challenge. I'm sure uh, that like all the rest of us, when you say challenge, you mean it's not easy and sometimes things go wrong, right? Well, you can have the best plan and sometimes there's still something that comes up that you didn't think about or weren't expecting. And that happens in the restoration business on a pretty regular basis. So if you don't mind, if you could share with some folks uh, something that you had happen that either took you off plan or even looked like a failure, uh, but looking back on it has actually set you up for the success that you've had now in your career. I go back to something that's pretty simple concept in well, with any company, as far as I'm concerned, you, you need to know if you're making money or not. And so in my past, we were always a big fan of tracking our work. You have certain production rates that you have to hit every day and you need to let the guys know what that the rates are. And then they need to track it. And at the end of the day, they know if they're making money or not. So I was in a regional manager position and was overseeing an office in Iowa and got a phone call, said, we're, we're not hitting production. And fortunately, new and to do it. it was a parking garage and we were removing the concrete and they weren't hitting production if 
they might have been 30 40% off of production. So then we do a little math and find out if we continue to do it at that rate, we're going to lose thousands of dollars by the time this project is over. So that became a big challenge, a big problem, unforeseen. The concrete was actually harder than what we thought. And fortunately, we had a subcontractor we brought in with a concrete milling machine. And it was small enough that we could put it in a garage and didn't have load problems. We were able to mill the concrete down and then still hit production, make the profits we wanted to make. And the job turned out to be a good job and right on track. And the reason it was successful is the guys were tracking the work. They threw a flag early and said, hey, we're not hitting the numbers versus sometimes they want to wait till the end of the month and you find out you just lost $100,000 and you can't fix it because it's too late. So they, they did everything right, even though there were unforeseen conditions or problems. Uh, it's a it's a great point of running towards a problem as soon as you see it, as opposed to waiting and hoping it gets better. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I've never experienced one that ever got better if I waited. Well, and we always, I guess, would say we don't want to be surprised. And I don't know that anybody who owns a business, operates a business, wants to be surprised. So you want to have some type of structure, best practices in your business to make sure you're making money. And, and really, you want to know if you're making money every day or every day and you can do that just by giving production numbers and letting the people know what your expectations are and your good guys will hit it absolutely so obviously with your career you've you know, worked your way up through the ranks um when you look back over the past let's call it five to seven years have you had any new belief behavior or habits that you've picked up that has helped accelerate that career growth Oh, I would say, you know, probably the simple things that most of us take for granted and we all say we want to do it, but it's it's really treating people the way you want to be treated. And, and I'd always try to tell people that you can't demand that somebody respects you. You have to earn that respect. And, you know, if you're going to be a manager or leader, you have to have people that want to follow. And so you really got to do the right things to create that environment where people are on board and they they want to do what you want to do or get to the place you want to go and so i think if you do that and you treat people right and you help them see the vision they'll get on board and, and do it with you and that's a much easier way to do it than fighting with people trying to get people to do things they don't want to do because they don't believe in you or the system uh, that's a great point um you know you had mentioned kind of at the beginning here you had a misconception about restoration and you know just putting black stuff up a, up against some concrete to keep it sealed up if we were looking at uh, some folks either young people getting ready to get in the industry uh, or maybe somebody getting ready to do a mid-course career change what's some advice that you would give to them about getting into the industry well, a few things. I think number one is everything that man builds or has built needs maintenance no different than your home. And so I would tell guys, you drive to work, look out the window, and everything you see is an opportunity. So from that perspective, this industry has a ton of potential. And then what we talked about earlier is the fact that you can work on so many different types of structures. So there's a lot of variety, which makes it fun. And it's challenging if you'd like to be challenged and you really the, the problem solving piece. It's just a great industry and you meet a lot of great people and, and everybody works together to, to restore these buildings or structures. And then you can step back and say, I did that. You know, no different than when you 
paint your house and you step back and say, wow, that looks nice. And so you get that same feeling of satisfaction that you were able to restore that and make it look nice again. Yeah, great advice. Uh, you know, many times in the construction uh, realm, let's talk about it construction globally. So the big construction, including uh, obviously restoration. What's some advice that people may get that, in your experience, they can ignore or downplay uh, because it's not actually true about the industry? Well, that's that's a good question. Uh, as far as for me, I don't know that I've heard a lot of negative things about the industry. Uh, probably the thing that maybe is the most challenging in the industry is that some of the things that we do we've been doing it the same way for a long time and that has changed somewhat i think there's been some newer technology technology that has helped our industry as far as products and equipment and procedures and the opportunity wise i think we got a, a long ways to go to create new ways of doing what we do and that that's probably still the biggest challenge for us and, and maybe the biggest opportunity yeah, it's always those big challenges that end up being the opportunity, especially competitively <laughs> for the first couple of people who could solve those problems, right? And maybe another is that there's just not enough people in the workforce, and, and so that's that's a challenge. And is that really true? I think the good companies will find the people. There's always good people out there, and and you're splitting the workforce amongst other companies. But if you run a good company and the, fee, the people know they're appreciated and you treat them well – you'll find enough people to get the job done because people will gravitate to that. And I think people can see that at Keeley, the workforce continues to grow and it's because the culture here and being a family and taking care of the family is strong and people recognize that and want to come work here. Since I've been here, there's been several people, several field guys out there that have reached out and say, Hey, they, they have heard good things and they want to be a part of it. So there might be a shortage, but I think the good companies can attract them. You know, I think that's a great point, uh, and I personally agree with that as well. Uh, and one of the things that I find interesting is so many times we talk about what I'm, you know, if I'm a, a person who wants to get involved, what do I want to look for in a company? Uh, and I think we present well uh, simply because we live what we say, uh, which I think is always important. But what would you share for those folks that are looking to get in the industry? What is it that you look for in a team member. So from the other side, from the inside the company looking out, what makes a successful person? So uh, if I wanted to get in the industry, what are the top three to five things Jeff is looking for in good people? Well, I'd say one, hard worker. And, you know, everybody says they're a hard worker, but the, the guys that really aren't afraid to, to work hard, work smart, put the time in, are going to be successful at whatever they do. I also believe you have to be good with people. We're in a people business, generally, at least over at KRS, and I, I'm sure the other Kaylee companies, we're doing business with the customers. We're selling. Most people are selling something at some point, and so you have to be good with people in order to develop these customer relationships and, and repeat business. And another one for me is is probably being competitive you got to figure out how to win. You know, coming in seconds not going to get us anywhere. And the guys that are a little more creative will figure out a way to win instead of just saying, hey, I, I was able to bid on that job and 
they said that we're in the running versus a guy saying, all right, we're in the running. So let me go contact that customer and figure out some other way to do it or a different way to look at the project. But I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to come in second. I'm going to go figure out how to come in first. And that that seems to really help. And, and then the last one, and I spent a lot of time in my prior life trying to figure out how to determine this, but it's just plain common sense slash problem solving. That's really important, I think, in any business. I don't care where you work, but the people that have that common sense that, that can just have a knack of seeing that this isn't right and, and then they want to figure out how to fix it seem to do very well. What a great list. That's uh, some great advice specifically for what you're looking for, and I think those are globally applicable. So I appreciate you sharing that with everyone. Sure. You had mentioned that, you know, the competitive nature of the business uh, and the fact that maybe the playing field is a little more level now uh, with a lot of players involved. When things get stressful uh, for you, uh, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed or the opposite. There's so many things to do. It's hard to focus. What are some habits or things that you have done uh, that help you to get back on track? Well, probably number one, we used to say eat the frog. So that thing that's staring at you every day that you don't want to do that you know you need to do, attack it and get it off your plate because that probably is creating a lot of stress for you because you keep looking at it and then choose to go a different direction and do something that's easy. So that's probably number one. Number two, I'd like to keep track of things on a list and try to prioritize that list so that I know what I need to get done that that helps me and then just whether it be an evening a weekend find some time where i'm not interrupted i can shut the door and and just get some things done and i, I seem to that seems to work best for me uh it's a great great practices to have uh, i'm personally one of those frog guys uh if it starts popping up into my mind more than three times i figure i have to do it or it's going to eat me alive <laughs> Absolutely. And for me, I have to have my inbox down at 20, 25 tops. If I have 80, 90, 100, some, that, that really bothers me. And I know there's things in there that need to get accomplished. And I'm probably not doing it if I have 100 items in there. So I got to get it down to a manageable number. What a great practical tip, especially in this world where email seems to come unbidden, fast and furious, being able to stay on top of it so that it gives you the mental cycles to stay on top of your game. That's great advice. I would see you know, some people I'd work with. I, I would look at a direct report at some point, and it, I would see 900 emails in the inbox, and I'm going, oh, my, that really makes me nervous. <laughs> There's got to be some things in there that we need to address, and, and could you just clean that up? Oh, no, no, I think I got everything covered. I, I'd feel a lot better if you either put them someplace or, you know, and I'm not saying a guy can't manage it that way, but for me, that just stressed me. That was a lot of stress seeing that. Yep. Uh, great advice. I appreciate it. There is definitely two schools of thought on that one. And that's why I love asking these kind of questions, because it's good for everybody to hear how each person deals with it. Uh, and some people may resonate with this and other people are like, well, of course, I have 1300 emails. Where else would I put them? Right. Uh, and we're, I love it. We all look at things different. For me, that just created stress. So I, that's when you ask that question. And that so then I have to have a, a 2025 is more manageable number for me. I love the reality of it, too. It's not inbox zero. I remember that was popular for quite a few years, and I never could get to zero, so I always felt like I was failing. But uh, I love the concept of 20 to 25. That's manageable. I could eat that elephant. 
Well, I can tell you when I retired there for a short spell and I got a different email address and nobody had it, it was a little disappointing. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd look at my phone and my inbox would say zero. <laughs> so <laughs> it went, you know, first you think, hey, that's kind of nice. And then all of a sudden you, you miss waking up and there's 30 or 40 new ones. And now that's kind of back to normal again. <laughs> I love it. Perspective, always an interesting thing when it comes to that. Uh, well, Jeff, the last question I have uh, for you, my my favorite personal question, uh, I like to call it the God mode question. If uh, we could magically put uh, you in charge of every screen in the world, uh, so computers, iPads, billboards, I mean, heck now, even our watches are all computers. What's something that you would put on everyone's screen that you think is important for them to know? Well, right now, based on the position that Keeler Restoration's in, I would have to put the big orange R logo so that we could paint St. Louis orange right now and everybody would know who we are and we'd get a chance to show them what we can do and life would be good for us. Always be selling, right? <laughs> we need that big orange are out there and life would be a lot simpler for us but we'll get there we've started out and had some great opportunities from the other keely companies giving us some good leads and in a short period of time we've put out a i think a, a good number of proposals and we're happy where we're at but we feel next year is going to be a, a lot better for us because more people will know about keely restoration that complements the keely company and vice versa I love it. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. Uh, any parting words of wisdom that you want to share with uh, the, the team of listeners here? I guess I have to say thanks to Rusty and Tom for bringing Kyle and myself aboard. It's uh, been a great experience so far. We love the family culture atmosphere here. Yeah, we're always included. It feels great to be a part of this, and we're looking to do some good things and appreciate everybody's help. Thank oh. you for giving me an opportunity to speak my piece a little bit here. Oh, Jeff, you're welcome. Enjoyed the heck out of it. And uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, Keeley Restoration, there will be a link to the website. Uh, and You can certainly uh, connect with us there. But uh, enjoy the week, and thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Under Construction Podcast. As a reminder, this is a place where we can talk about what does it mean to be a success in the journey that it takes to get there, which is different for everyone, as I'm sure you've heard. I encourage you to listen to this app. We'll be posting this podcast on a regular basis to all the major podcast apps, be it on your iOS or Android device, certainly on your computer. You can always find us at anchor.fm forward slash keelyu or all of the major podcast apps and platforms. Thanks and have a great rest of the week.